Hey, this is Derek D Train He2. Tonight's episode is brought to you by Lawnmower 3.0. Son, what are you doing in here? Yeah, no, nothing. Did I hear you say manscape? Yeah. Son, take a seat. I was gonna wait till you were a little older to tell you about this. When I was about your age, I experimented with manscaping. Dad? That won't happen with the new Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0. It's made with skin-safe technology to help reduce against nicks and cuts. You can even shave your gooch. What's a gooch? Head over to manscaped.com and get yourself the Lawnmower 3.0. Welcome back to the Blue Line Hockey Club, folks. We've got another exciting episode of the Blue Line Hockey Club. We've got episode 104 tonight, brought to you by Manscaped 3.0 Mower. We've got all the usual suspects sitting in the house with us tonight. We've got our producer, Patrick Uncle Sullivan. What's up, Patrick? Aloha. And our IT guy, the local nerd on staff, Robbie Pete Peters. What's up, Pete? Hey, how you moving, man? And the all-around sports guru, Derek D-Train. He too. What's up, D-Train? What's up, Sweenos? And your host of the Blue Line Hockey Club tonight, Mark the Doctor Morley. Oh, Doctor. And fellas, we got a pretty special guest sitting with us tonight, the captain of the Columbus Blue Jackets, Nick Foligno. What's up, Nick? Hey, guys. How you doing? I wish I had something better than all. Everyone else had a pretty good intro, though. I got to think of something. <laughs> yeah. We should have got a good one. What do the boys call you? What do the boys call you uh, in the locker room? Actually, my nickname's Fliggy, believe it or not. Really original. Getting Fliggy with the best, worst nickname in hockey, Fliggy. (laughs) Every hockey player has a nickname. I mean, is there any guy on the whole team that doesn't have a fucking nickname? Seriously. No. Right? No. No It's usually the guy that no one likes. (laughs) (laughs) Your brother's Moose, right? That's a cool nickname. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually, he's welcome for that one. Give him that one. That's because growing up, he was gangly like a baby moose. He was always uh, uncoordinated (laughs) and everything. So that's exactly why he got it. And it's funny, oddly enough, he he grew into a very large, big moose now. So he's lucky. He's a big boy. He's a big boy. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny how some of those nicknames just stick from a young age, man. You got to still have (laughs) friends that we go by nicknames that they got when they were 10 years old. It's like, fuck. Badge honor. Badge honor. What's his real name? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You ever do that? You introduce them, you forget their real name. That's the word. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Just call them Moose. Yeah, my last name's Sullivan. So, uh, you know, growing up through high school, everyone just calls me Sully, right? And then uh, actually one day someone was, or I think it was a teacher or something, called me Patrick. And a couple of guys are like, who's that? That's your name? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So what have you been doing uh, before this? Uh, before you got back to playing hockey? Were you uh, in Columbus for the pause, or where'd you go? Yeah, you know what? I was in Columbus for a bit when everything kind of went uh, crazy. And, uh, you know, I got three small kids, so we just kind of hung out here and were trying to figure out what was actually going on in the world. I think all the information was coming in. It was like you didn't know if you could even go outside. And then, you know, as, as slowly as we got uh, kind of more into it, we decided to make the trek back to our home uh, in Canada. We have a summer home up in Sudbury, Ontario. Um, so we were on the lake up there, and as things started to warm up, we, we wanted to get back there and enjoy that. So spent about a month and a half there and then made our way, or made my way. My family's actually stayed up there 
um, to enjoy the rest of the summer. And I think it's just a little bit safer and easier on them with all the help that my wife can get with three kids and yeah. family around. So, uh, yeah, now I'm back here and getting ready for, uh, for a lot of fun, hopefully coming up. Yeah. So how long have you guys been on the ice for? Uh, we started Monday and, uh, oh, Monday was, was fun. <laughs> Torch, <laughs> Torch got the best of us on Monday and, uh, yeah, the lungs it, burning. you know, it's just, it's good to be back. You know, it's, it's nice to, to get back around the guys and stuff. You know, I think that's what you miss the most when everything kind of went down. I think everybody worried about their safety and uh, rightfully so. And I think it's still a crazy time and we're all, you know, concerned still, but, uh, just that normalcy that you kind of feel again, you know, we're, we're so used to, to being around each other and playing and, uh, it's nice to kind of get that normalcy back where you're on in the, in the rink, in the locker room, uh, hanging around each other. And, uh, definitely feels good to be back on the ice. Yeah. Smell of the sweat. I miss the, <laughs> yeah. the smell of my wet gloves and the shitty hockey bag. I miss that smell. Yeah. He's probably got like three or four gloves that he can choose from unlike us. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> Nick, we're all stink. from upstate New York, like uh, Canton and Potsdam. Have you heard of that? Clarkson University. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah I know those areas. Awesome. Yeah. That's where you guys are from. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's we have yeah. I mean, that's close. Yeah. I mean, I was Buffalo, obviously, and knew all those areas and uh, played a lot of hockey around that area. So I, I drove yeah. through a lot of those areas, too. Unfortunately, on my way down to Binghamton a couple times. Didn't want to spend too much time in Binghamton. No offense to Binghamton people, but uh, I was glad I didn't spend all that much time. But definitely made my way around that area. So yeah, yeah. So speaking of that, what's the shittiest city that you guys go to? I mean, we should we should on Winnipeg. I mean, a couple other cities. Like, what city is it? Like the shitty city to go to? Besides oh Buffalo. man, I don't know. <laughs> He's from Buffalo. Winnipeg. I don't know. Yeah, but I I mean I get family in Buffalo, so I like it. Um, it's it's hard because like some places just depends on the weather like i mean i've even been to montreal when it's shitty because it's 40 below and you're yeah. like this is terrible you can't go anywhere so i don't know winnipeg's definitely tough uh, there's not much to do and then the cold doesn't make it that much better but i don't know i, I think when <laughs> when you have three kids you're kind of excited to get on the road after a while too, so. <laughs> i hope my wife's not listening to this podcast <laughs> Um, but no, it's, uh, I don't really have anywhere that I I despise, you know, there's not really, Carolina is a little tough one for me. I don't know why. I just find it's, they have like a little bubble that we go to, but I just, it's the same old thing every year. I kind of like cities where you can kind of venture out. Carolina is not really much. You got that little area and that's it. So North Hills, it's warm. Yeah. 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 North, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just, it's nice. Don't get me wrong, but. I don't know. Same restaurant, same thing. Same, you know. You go to Starbucks. Two of us are ben down here in Raleigh, Nick. Come on. Yeah, two of them live in Raleigh. Oh, sorry, guys. <laughs> I'm not. That's I'm just saying. I'd like to venture out. I'd like to venture out. That's all I'm saying. I don't know where to go there. Yeah, fuck Raleigh. Yeah, we don't like. <laughs> people say that. We're, we're with you. There's two of us that are with you. Fuck Raleigh. Anyways. Yeah, it's someone perfect. else on. Who else said that? You guys are from all over, man. I don't even know where to safe anymore. Yeah, no. <laughs> everywhere. You're good, man. We we're all from upstate New York, like Pat said, but two of us are two of them are in Raleigh, one's in Port St. Lucie, Florida, and I'm still up in uh, up in the what they call the North Country in Canton, New York. So we're all over oh, the nice. place. Nice. Yeah. I like it. I knew I liked you guys though, all upstate boys. It's good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Perfect. It's like hockey yeah. in the blood up here. This is kinda of, it's 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 bizarre because where we're from is like, 
you know, such a tiny area, but produces a lot of hockey talent, actually a lot of hockey connections throughout. Yeah, the yeah. NHL, you know, There's scouts, and, you know, all, all sorts of stuff, you know, players that are playing in the NHL all from here, which is kind of bizarre, actually. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. No, it's awesome. town, good, good, good lines, good bloodlines in that area. Yeah. Yeah. So what was so, it like getting on the ice for the first time? Was it, uh, I mean, you guys haven't, what have you been riding a Peloton or what have you been doing? I mean, it's different when you get on the ice. It's all different muscles, you know? Oh, isn't it insane? Like you step on the ice and you've been training. Like, and I, and we, I'm lucky. I got, I have, I have gyms in my house. So I actually didn't take too much time off or at least had access to good equipment. And I still, you step on the ice and you just feel like shit. You know, you just feel terrible. Like there's just <laughs> nothing that'll prepare you to, to get into a practice. And then, once you, you know, then you step it up a notch to start skating with your team. And it's just like, it, it's, it's insane. You know, the difference of, of just the speed at which we play at. So yeah, it was great to get going again on Monday. I think the conditioning part actually, as bad as it is with torts, it, it helps so much kind of get you back in the swing of things. So, you know, it's just, it was fun to just be around the guys and, and, you know, it, it's, this is unprecedented. Like, you know, we're, we're literally jumping right into playoffs. So I think just having that carrot dangled in front of everybody uh, is the boys look great. You know, they're, they're really dialed in right now. And, you know, it's not like a summer training era, you know, a summer training camp, I should say, where you just come in, you're trying to get through it for some guys. Some guys are trying to make the team. Like everyone's just, here's your role. Let's go. You know? So the mental side is, uh, I've been pretty impressed with the guys on that. And even myself, you know, it's, it's an opportunity to win a Stanley cup. You don't want to waste it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Nick, I see uh, Torts is up for the Jack Adams Award. You know, when everyone thinks of Columbus, uh, you know, they obviously think of Torts and some of his rants. And I love well, I think all the love guys it. on the show love him. I, a lot, I think everyone loves him. If you, if you don't like Torts, I don't, yeah, I don't know what's wrong with you. But uh, you got like a funny story on Torts or anything just because, uh, uh, you know, something he did in the locker room or um, we just love the guy. We like the explosion. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he, he's you know what it is honestly like he's he's just i i appreciate his his emotions you know like i, I there's so many stories that kind of come to mind but it just he loves that confrontation because he thinks that's when he, i think he sees the true colors in guys you know when he when he comes at you hard and how you react to it i think is a, is a way of him kind of understanding you you know and are you going to fight back are you going to cower uh, you know, and, 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 he, and he's not doing that all the time. It's just when you need it, you know, I, I think the one thing about torts that, that gets misconstrued just cause he's, he is a gem, I'm sure for the media is, you know, he, he, he has his players back, you know, he, he, nobody is going to mess with his players. You know, he, he can, but you're, you're not, you know, right. And, and, and there's a way of, you know, you, you desensitize yourself to like the way he kind of is, you know, with, with, you know, at first he's, wow, he's really black and white and the way he says things and, um, but then you learn to appreciate it. You know, sometimes it's hard to hear, but you know where you stand in his eyes. And I think as a player, and you guys can all probably attest to it, I think that's all you ask for, you know? Yeah. So with him, it's 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 appreciated. At first, it's hard, you know? He kind of challenges you on some things and gets you out of your comfort zone, and nobody really likes to be in that area. But then you start to hit places that you've never got to as a player yourself, and, and all of a sudden now you're like, you know, you're you're appreciating what he's done. and. You know, I think that's all you can ask for out of a coach. And I think he's definitely proven that. I mean, he's, you know, up for another award and, and where he's helped get our team to, you know, our organization. And, yeah. And, and being, let's be honest, when I when I first came to Columbus, it was kind of like point night when you got to Columbus and I went and played against <laughs> them with Ottawa. You know, it was, it was, it was, it was sad. I'm not knocking that. It just, the, even when, as I, I, I learned and, and 
and now you you come and I think everyone knows they got to be at their best to play against us. You know, we're a team that's that's gaining respect, and there's still a long ways to go because I don't think you really truly gain respect until you win in this league. Um, mm-hmm. But we're learning that, and he's and he's obviously proven. So uh, he's he's been a good guy to have at the helm, and I've really enjoyed like my interactions as the captain with him. I think I've uh, grown a really good relationship with him, and uh, it was it was rocky at the start, but I think we've really learned to respect each other, and uh, you know it's been fun. So yeah. like in the off time, Nick, like is uh, is he like in constant communication with the players and stuff like that? Like, can you give like a little behind the scenes look of like what it was like when all this stuff went to shit? And then like as you've approached here, like the return, like has has the coach like been in contact? Like you as a captain, are you like you know feeding information to different guys on the team? How's that? How's that work? Yeah, you know what? At first, Torch likes to be left alone. <laughs> he says yeah. he likes animals more than humans. So. <laughs> um, <laughs> So I think at first he was probably loving the fact that no one could talk to him and he had a good excuse not to talk to people. Um, but we kept in contact, you know, we, we, uh, we talked quite a bit throughout the, you know, the quarantine period and, and throughout this past four months. And, um, you know, he even started a, a weekly quiz just to kind of keep guys engaged, which was pretty funny. Uh, you know, all the guys are bitching behind the scenes, but everyone seems to get their scores in and, and, uh, so that was kind of cool just to kind of keep the guys engaged and talking to each other. And, you know, I think he loved it cause you know, we'd be chirping, but at least we'd be talking to each other, you know, a lot of like, yeah. you know, you'd be on the group chat, like, Hey, what's the answer to number five? I can't get it. You know, and guys are chirping each other, giving each other the wrong answers. And, <laughs> and you know, just the banter that you miss so much throughout the season yeah. is kind of there, you know, every week. So that was kind of cool that he did that for us. And, um and then you know then it switches gears like once we realize we're gonna go then it's back to business you know I, I think that's where he's really good about he's he's big on you know take care of your families and then when it's hockey time it's it's time to get to work and so our all our mindsets have switched to that and you can see him same way i mean we're we're looking to try to win the stanley cup and uh you know we're not looking that far ahead we know we got a great team we got to play against in toronto first but uh you know it's 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 been interesting how he's just handled it like listen we're not going to use anything as an excuse right now. It's a, whatever comes our way, we're going to handle and we're going to get ready and we're going to not take our eye off the goal of, of winning, you know, our rounds and, and we'll go from there. So, um, you know, he's a real good guy to kind of refocus us and get us ready for what we're going to face here coming up. Yeah. And the good thing, Nick, was, you know, your injuries were piling up before the pause, right? With Seth, Seth Jones and both oh, your goaltenders. So it was actually almost uh, uh, a little boost for you guys, a little break, I should say. And now uh, um, you guys are ready to go full-fledged, fire, firing on all cylinders. So uh, it's yeah. going to be a great, no, be a great matchup. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm, I'm pumped for our group. Just to, I think anyone, you just want to see your team healthy and what you can do when you're healthy. And, you know, how banged up we were with losing a big stud defenseman like Jones. And, uh, Bjorkstrand, who was our top scorer at the time, uh, Cam Atkinson was out. I mean, we still don't have Josh Anderson. Like, there's so many guys that you're kind of going down the list, and it was impressive. The next guy up just kept playing so well for us, you know. And it was, yeah. uh, yeah, I think it brought our team closer together. Um, but I think we're really excited about the opportunity we have to to play as a you know full full health and full force here, and uh, and see where it goes. Because uh, I mean, we 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 like our team a lot on paper, and uh, now we got to go out and do it. Yeah, yeah. man. Talk about the matchup, man. You're going to be playing Toronto. What do you think? I mean, they got a lot of young studs on there, but uh, what do you think about the matchup? How do you guys, uh, you know, it, what do, you, do you see some weaknesses in them or that you can, you know, capitalize on or just talk about the matchup in general? 
Yeah, I'm excited. I think anytime you can play against an original 16, I think just the, you know, that's a big thing for us in our market here, you know, to, to I think, push ourselves and into that, you know, global market, so to speak. And, um, you know, I think it's a great opportunity against a team that's obviously got a ton of firepower. Um, you know, I think you, you can draw similarities to them in Tampa. Um, you know, Tampa's obviously been winning a lot longer and doing it a little bit longer, but you know, they started as well like them. And, and, you know, I think we have to kind of use that same blueprint. I think there's no surprise. There's no secret. Um, you know, the type of team we are, we're a defensive minded team. I don't think we had anyone. I think, you know, we only had so many guys get point totals that are even, you know, in the top echelon of the league. We did it as committee, you know, by committee. And it's going to be the same case against this team. I mean, we know what Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner and John Tavares that the list kind of goes on there. We know what they can do and how dangerous they are. So it's going to just be our commitment to buying in as a team and making it miserable on them and, um, you know, making it a hard game. Uh, I think that's, you know, the only way we've had success all year long is making it hard on teams. And, and we're not going to change just because, you know, we know maybe they know that that's our blueprint and how we're going to play. And uh, you stick to what you know. So we're, we're excited about that challenge again where, you know, you could say maybe we caught Tampa off guard. Well, I don't think we're going to be catching anyone off guard, you know, this time where, uh, you know, they know what's coming. We know what's coming, and it'll be, a, it'll be a great test, especially under the circumstances. Let's be honest. No one's played in four months. Um, it's going to be like the wild, wild west, I feel like, in the first yeah. round with just the way the games could go. So it'll be uh, the team that can focus and, and get to their game the fastest that's going to win, really. I, I feel like you guys match up pretty well with them, too, and, like, they're the kind of team, you know, like we got all those danglers on that side. You play them with some physicality and stuff like that. That That's kind of the key to beat up on a squad like that. And I think you guys match up real well. So yeah. I, I wish, I hope, cool. I hope the best for you guys, man. That's going to be a good series. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, no, and that, that's how you have to play. That's how, that's just who we are as a Tortorella team. I mean, we're hard blocking shots, physical sure, yeah. in your face. I mean, that's who we are. Yeah, and you can catch some of those, you know, like you say, those superstars that aren't really uh, defensive-oriented all the time when they're on the ice, and that's kind of been Toronto's, you know, a little bit of downfall, you know, I think anyway, is the defensive side, plus some of their forwards not really producing on the defensive end is, you know, because they're, you know, focused on scoring and points and all that shit. So, I mean, I think that's something <laughs> that you guys also can, you know, use to your advantage is uh, catching them off guard or they're not back-checking hard or whatever it might be, um, you know, the Austin Matthews and the, you know, some of the studs that yeah. Mitch Marner, yeah, you can list goes on, but you know, that's, that's a, the story that you hear about Toronto quite a bit is, you know, they, they have a lot of firepower, but they can be beaten on the defensive end. So you know, defense, wins, defense wins championships. So. Yeah. Yeah. I'm hoping that's the case. Yeah. No, and we noticed that even like playing against, you know, we, we played Tampa last year and then we go into a series against Boston and just the way that they can do both, you know, and I think it made us realize how important that is, right. That that's a complete team as you can see in this league right now, just the way they can, their firepower, but the way they can shut you down. And yep. and so, you know, I think Toronto short up a little bit of that stuff with getting Muzzin and a few other players, but so it's going to be a little bit different of a team than we've played because we haven't played them since, I think, since they've acquired him. Uh, so it's going to be, you know, it's going to be that kind of a mentality that we're going to have to have and, and respecting them. And I also think, too, respecting ourselves. You know, I, we talk a lot about, but we have a lot of guys in our team that can score. You know, we, we, we don't, you know, we don't give ourselves enough credit sometimes, but I have a lot of faith in our team that if we can get ourselves in the position to score that, you know, we can bury the puck and, um, you know, that's going to be crucial because, you know, we're going to have to bury our chances against a team like that. Sure. What do you think it's going to be like playing with no fans, man? What kind of impact do you think that's going to have on yeah. the game? 
it's gonna be weird i think at first but then i don't know i just i feel like once hockey starts it's like anything you know we, we scrimmage each other and we don't do it in front of any fans and it becomes real competitive you know with yeah. their own team so i feel like once you're playing for something once the game's on once the pucks drop we're not even we do it anyway without the fans we're so focused on their team and what we're trying to accomplish that sometimes you don't even hear them. So, um, yeah. Yeah. you know, it'll take some getting used to. I think it's going to be kind of neat for the fan perspective. Uh, you know, I wonder if they're going to do some stuff where, you know, you can watch games from certain seats or however they're going to do it. But, I mean, what a what a great opportunity to see what we can do to help our game. You know, I think that's something that's that's needed in our game right now is that fan experience from a TV um, you know, to be able to, to bring that on more that some of the other sports have been able to do, you know, the NBA, cause you can sit courtside and you're almost right in it. Uh, the views that they have in there. And then obviously the NFL and then you get, I mean, 3000 different replays of everything. <laughs> um, you know, it'd be really neat to see if our league can do something in, in a unforeseen circumstance like this where they're, you know, hopefully never going to have to have the situation again and we can get fans back in seat soon. Uh, to see if there's another way of getting our game viewed for for viewers at home, and you know, it'd be it'd be incredible for for us. For so, yeah, I mean, I I always look at the bright side of things, and it'll be weird, but uh, we're chasing the goal of the Stanley Cup, so uh, yeah. you know, that's all I care about. That's a pretty good carrot to dangle out there. I don't need much motivation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah I've been it's in like the league uh, 13 years and haven't tasted <laughs> it yet, so I need I need yeah. to get going here. Yeah. <laughs> Nick, I, I was just wondering if you watched the uh, Michael Jordan, the uh, Last Dance uh, oh. little, uh, series he had, and you know how he, um, when when they're practicing, you know, you were just talking about practicing and it gets pretty serious. Does that happen with you guys or in the NHL? You know, like those boys are getting serious on in playing basketball, especially Michael Jordan. Like it, it got intense. Do you guys do that? That was incredible. That series, I, I loved everything about that documentary. I mean, he was my favorite athlete growing up yeah for sure I, mean, I just and reaffirmed it you know it's funny talk about a guy who did it all before social media and how big he was that guy was larger yeah. than life for yeah. you know without any kind of help whatsoever just his game you know and his and his shoes so yeah bring um, back those suits neck will you wear the suits that yeah, you used to wear? Yeah. <laughs> I, I did laugh though i mean the guy the, the cigarettes or the cigar smoke really got to his eyes in the documentary though by the end his bloodshot eyes were I don't know how many cigars he hacked before every interview, but um, <laughs> but the guy's a legend, so he can do whatever he wants. But I mean, it just it was just really neat to see for a mindset, you know, of a leader, uh, of somebody that you know didn't let other people's views of him get in the way of what his view was for himself. I think that's what I loved the most. You know, when you took anything away from it, it was he had a view of who he was and who he wanted to be, and he wasn't going to let anyone else write his story. Not a teammate, yeah. not a media member, not a coach. And, you know, he was so driven that way. And all you had to do was, all you had to do was either join or, or you're gone, you know, be a part of it or, or he didn't have time for you. And I think it's a good lesson for a lot of us. And nowadays where, you know, there's so much flash and glam in the world and, and in sports in general too, where, you know, you're built up to be this superstar before you even really deserve it. And, uh, and he just did it on pure. You know, I mean, you can't argue that he was, you know, after watching that, I, I, how, do you, how do you argue that he was the greatest of all time, you know, just with what he did and, and how he did it. Um, so, you know, I think it motivates me as a leader of, of my team to to take some of that stuff and, and put that into our group. I mean, I'm not going to just start fighting my teammates in practice, but I think <laughs> I think you, you need you need a little bit more of that mindset, you know. You need a little bit more of that, uh, of 
you know, this is who we are. And there's no, there, you know, that, I think that's what good teams have. They have a culture like that. And I think we're, we're on our way to doing that here in Columbus. I think our culture has changed drastically. And I see a lot of some of the similarities in the, in the teams where, you know, there's, there's no negotiation. This is how things are. And that's how he was, you know, you, you were going to work extremely hard. You were going to do what needed to be done to win and sacrifice. And, and then you could have your fun and then you could party and then you could do whatever you want. You know? So, yeah. I mean, Dennis Rodman was a spitting <laughs> example of that. So, um, I think that it was really motivating to see as an athlete, uh, you know, how a championship was built and, and really from the players, you know, I think, you know, Phil Jackson was a big part of that, but, uh, Michael and, and those guys drove it home. Yeah. Yeah. Just to touch on that a little bit as far as, um, being a leader, being a captain of your team. I mean, how much more, um, I guess it's not really pressure, but, uh, as far as you having to deal with the media, I know, you know, after every game, the captain has to kind of deal with the media, win, lose or draw. Um, you know, how much of a drag is that on you day in and day out? Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, it's part of it. I mean, listen, it's, it's a job and, and, you know, <laughs> one day nobody want to hear anything I have to say. So I'll take it now while I can, but no, it's, uh, you know, I think there's days where you get a little frustrated because it seems like you're only talking after losses, but I've always been a guy that, that loves when my teammates are in the spotlight. So after wins, I love hearing, you know, the, the, the guy that was the hero of the game talk and whether it's a young guy or, you know, we had so many call-ups this year and seeing them get their moment in the sun. And it's just, you know, it's part of the job. You have to answer for your team and I'm proud of this team and, you know, I'll stand in front of it if I have to, and, and it's going to help our group. And, um, you know, it's a responsibility they take a lot of pride in. It's, it's part of, like I said, the job that we have as, as leaders. And, uh, and, you know, I got some great leaders in this team with me. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a privilege to be a captain in this league. I never take it for granted one day, you know, because I think ultimately it comes down to, you know, the respect of your teammates. And uh, as long as I have that, you know, that's, that's the most important thing to me. So. It's uh, it's easy to do when you got a good group of guys in the room. Going back to that, uh, the last dance, you know, the the best part of that that I took out of it was that Michael actually would read the newspapers and the critics, you know, going in, you know, to uh, away barns or arenas, I yeah. guess, and he would he would know the reporter that uh, wrote an article about the Bulls or about Michael, and uh, he would wait for that reporter to ask him a question and uh, really, you know put a little bit of what he wrote in his uh, uh, answer to the question. So that was pretty cool. But uh, <laughs> Nick, I, I wanted to ask, what was it this year or two years ago? When you, when did you have the raccoon eyes and how did that happen? Was that a fight? Or did you <laughs> have a fight? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was friendly fire. That was this year, actually. Uh, funny story about that. It was my 900th game. Uh, my kids were at the game. They, you know, I have three young kids. So they don't really come to too many games. They ended up being at that game. And, uh, so I, I don't know, I think I scored or whatever. And, and I got hit in the face in second period. Gus Nyquist shot it. Terrible shooter. No, <laughs> it hit, off a, hit off a defenseman, uh, in front, right in the face, go down. And, you know, I'm, I'm a sweller. Like I'm a bleeder. I, I block a shot out of like I blocked 15 shots in the game. So, um, it's great for when you walk by the coach and just look like a warrior, but, um, no, I, so I, I remember I saw my kids after the game and, and, you know, they're all coming up to me. I got cuts all over my face, but it wasn't too bad. I was just like kind of bleeding, but, uh, and, you know, they're all concerned. And, uh, and I, I, they went to, they went home, went to bed. And the next morning I woke up and, and uh, as you can imagine, I'm, I'm now I'm swollen. Like my eyes are pretty well, almost swollen shut. 
And uh, I remember my kids, they came down. I woke them up, actually. And uh, they, my son, like, looked at me and like, started screaming. He was like, what the hell is going on around here? So uh, it was pretty comical to see their faces and the things we go through. But, uh, yeah, that was this year. And like I said, badge honor and hockey, man. Black eyes. Yeah, man. Oh, all right. Okay, yeah, you're married. Really I probably could have got you laid, you know, maybe ten years ago or something. Yeah, but yeah. Too late now. Yeah, my wife didn't seem to have too much sympathy, but uh, she's alright. <laughs> so, just before we let you go, I just want to ask you, you know, what it's like uh, to play against your brother in the NHL. Um, you know, I think I've caught a game this year when you guys played against each other um, against Minnesota. A little bit of bumping and banging out there. Is there any chirping going on, or is it pretty friendly? Oh, always, always, always chirping. <laughs> Younger brother, I gotta keep him. I gotta keep him in his place. You know, he gets he's bigger than me, so it's I'm four years older, but he's four inches taller, so it's not fair. But um, you know, it, it's it's just it's really special, actually. I think it's it's so uh, humbling to to be able to play play in the league with your brother. You know, I think you grow up dreaming about it, and, and you know, I think we were naive when we were kids to, you know, my dad played in the NHL and. You know, you think, oh, I'm just going to do that, you know, and we didn't really realize <laughs> how hard it is. And You know, you get to that point and you start playing and uh, I realize everything that I went through in my career to get to that point. And then to see Marcus kind of be able to, to, to realize that dream, uh, you're almost more excited and proud of him, you know, and to see him finally play and, and how hard it is to make the league. So, to, to, you know, to, to, the biggest thing for me was to be actually at his first game. He played against me in Ottawa. Uh, with Buffalo, it ends up being his first game, gets called up for, um, oh, you know, and to actually be able to witness that, which was incredible. Yeah. yeah, so just, you know, we're pretty close. We're we're really, we're really close. I mean, we're lucky to have a great relationship like that. So it's it's fun that I get to, you know, chirp him and, uh, you know, and keep him in line. I feel like we've really helped, uh, you know, each other in our careers and I've tried to guide him. He's helped me, you know, it's just, I, I think what I'm most proud of is to see him the way he's playing in Minnesota. I think he's, really taking on a, a leadership role and, a, a, you know, other facets of his game. I think you can start to see the real Marcus Foligno coming out. And, you know, it's awesome to see. So as an older brother, I'll never admit it to his face, but, you know, I'm proud of him and, and, uh, and what he's accomplishing there. And, uh, you know, it's finally, I just said he finally listened to me. You know, it's took him this long to listen to me and look what happened. So, uh, yeah, but it's pretty special and we, we definitely cherish it. You know, it's been, it's been an awesome ride. Yeah, and he, he um, you know, he was kind of on the checking line for a while at the beginning of the season, and then he went on a real run there, had some, had a couple of nice goals, and yeah, they bumped him up, player. and yeah, put him on, you know, bumped him up a line, and he started playing really well, and um, you know, it was, it was nice to see. I mean, he's got that part of his game; it's not just a bruiser. So, you know, I think he's really transformed the second half of this. Still, you know, I guess the season isn't over, but before the pause, I guess you could say. Yeah. No, and I think that's too. Like he just understands who he is now and what's going to make him successful in this league. You know, he's got to use his body. Uh, you know, he's such a presence on the ice with the way he can skate and hit, and then it opens up the ice for him to be offensive. So when he puts all that together, he's a hard guy to handle. So it's uh, it's nice to see. But you guys have dual citizenship, right, Nick? So yeah, yeah. Weird. I play for the Americans. He plays for the Canadians. It's yeah, kind of I mean, we're all Wild yeah. fans. We we don't miss a Wild yeah. game, but uh, we're uh, rooting for you. You're USA, right? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, that's what I said. I know it's so funny how we just. I, it's kind of. It's it's actually like it's almost exactly how we grew up, though. I mean, I I grew up mostly in the states, and Marcus moved back when he was about nine or ten back to Canada. So he pretty well grew up in Canada for the you know that part of his life and. So he just, uh, you know, we definitely 
uh, you know, Canadian made American born kind of, I guess is, sure. is what we always <laughs> say, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's pretty cool that we, I mean, it's kind of weird in, in a sense, but it's kind of neat that we play on different, different, uh, countries. Yeah. It's been, it's pretty wild, man. So I, I've been out on our, our boat up here. I live, uh, really close to the Canadian border. So we'll drive the boat like under the bridge to Canada lately. And there's no, you know, there's no vehicles going across it, which is pretty bizarre, but <laughs> you know, yeah, it's, it's really crazy. wild, but I just like to thank you from all of us for joining the, joining the show tonight, man. Um, we're going to be pulling for you. You're a blessed guy. You got a family that's all playing, you know, playing in the AHL and stuff like that, but we'll be rooting for you big time against Toronto. Um, we appreciate your time. Uh, you're a very gracious, humble guy on the show. So we, we just want to say thank you and, uh, good luck moving forward, man. Thank you guys. All the best to you guys. I'm really glad I got to come on. That was a lot of fun. Thanks so much. All right, Nick. Thanks, man. Good luck. All right, man. Thank you guys. Take care. Yeah. That was awesome. Appreciate yeah. it. All right. Yeah. Good luck, yeah. man. Take right care. Yeah. And you guys stay safe. All right, boys, uh, interview brought to you by Manscaped. We had Nick Foligno on tonight, captain of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Anybody remember the nickname? Fliggy? Fliggy, yeah? We can call him Fliggy now, right? Getting Fliggy with it, yeah. Getting Fliggy with it with Nick Foligno tonight, boys. Uh, Pretty cool. I mean, we've watched, uh, obviously, we watched a lot of Minnesota games and watching his brother quite a bit. He's a little bit different player, I would say. You know, once when I watched him play, uh, Marcus is more of a bruiser. He's uh, banging everybody, and Nick plays a little more finesse. But, you know, pretty cool captain of that team. is obviously trying to rally the troops. Uh, they've only been skating for four, three days, four days. So interesting to see. Good good to hear about, you know, how the guy's getting back. You know, like we said, it's not easy to get on the ice. Anybody that's played hockey knows, you know, as we were growing up, you might have played sure. soccer or football or something like that, and then hockey season came. You still felt out of shape when you got on the ice, no matter what you did prior. So, I mean, I'm, I know these guys, are their lungs are burning, their legs are burning, uh, trying to get back in shape. Yeah, there's in shape, and then there's hockey shape. There's two different worlds. Sure. It's bizarre, but it, it's a reality. Yeah, just different yeah. muscles. Everything's different muscles and running or, you know, just different parts of your legs are being used. So, you know, it's, uh, it's not easy to – to replicate that to get in shape without skating. So, you know, it should be interesting to see how these guys, how long it takes them to get to game shape. Yeah, it's not, nothing can even compare that, right? I mean, you can rollerblade, you can jog, you can ride a Peloton, but until you slap the skates on and actually have to turn, have to, you know, uh, skate backwards, pivot, skate forward, stop and go the other way, it's totally every muscle in your body is being used. So. It's it's I think, uh, you know, the first couple games of uh, this playoff series is going to be a little sloppy, a little people out of shape. I mean, shifts are going to be anywhere from 25 seconds to 45 seconds. And then you're going to see guys dogging over to the bench to get a change. Just, you know, a lot of dump, a lot of dumps for sure. But uh, yeah, it was good to have him on. Um, I think he was our first current captain NHL player. We've had a few other captains, Jerome McGinley. Uh, Theo Fleury, but our first actual um, current player. That's a yeah, yeah. So that was pretty cool. I'm glad he came on. Awesome. Yeah, boys, we're getting right back into it. I mean, like you said, on Monday uh, they started up, and uh, the exhibition games are like what ten days away or yep. eleven days away. So we're gonna see hockey here in eleven days, and that's not much time for these guys to get in shape and get going. But it'll be nice to get it, get it back on TV, give us something to talk about in the podcast. You know, good stuff coming up. You know, the season starts uh, at the end of the month for the playoff run, and uh, it'll be kind of cool to see. I mean, it's like you say, it's never 
you know, never started a season pretty much it's been four months. Right. So you're basically starting a season in playoffs. So in playoffs, you know, yeah. usually when the season starts, you don't pay attention for like a month or two and then you kind of get into it and, you know, start looking at the standings a little bit, but yeah. usually we, yeah. when the season starts, we'll start talking about standings. Like, well, they won three games, like big fucking deal, man. They got 80 more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't yeah. Mean to go. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, with the whole season coming back, we're, we took a little time off the podcast because there's nothing to talk about, right? No sports, period. So now we got some hockey. We'll be able to produce some more podcasts coming out. Um, so stay tuned. Yeah, boys. Just really, uh, check out our YouTube channel. If you haven't uh, watched any of these podcasts live on, on YouTube, check that out. It's a cool perspective of the podcast. You get to see us on video. Sometimes the guests are on video, too, so you get to check them out as well. Um, and if you haven't checked out our Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that jazz make sure you like us and share us and all that good stuff and stay tuned for some good guests because we got them coming up all right boys another good one nick felino brought to you by manscape until next time keep your stick on the ice sweet oh doctor keep your head up